0: Resurrection Assembly of God Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The 21st of November, 2021 Today's scriptures are Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 Psalm chapter 23 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 16 Prophets and Widows I will give everybody a chance to open up to 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 1. And while you get there, I just want to say good morning. It's really good to be back with you. Last week, I was invited to preach at Voice of Christ Church. That's why I wasn't here. And I greeted them on behalf of you all, and they also greet you all in the name of the Lord and in peace. They pray for us just like we pray for them. Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of hermon which falls on the mountains of zion for there the lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore voice of christ church and resurrection dwell in this good and pleasant unity because the oil of the holy spirit was poured out we are bound together in the one body of our high priest jesus And as the oil of the spirit drips down his beard, it falls to bless the very ground. The unity of Voice of Christ and Resurrection Assembly is a testimony to the people of Iowa of the life we have in Christ, of the blessing of life forevermore in his good and perfect kingdom. By the spirit, I shared that with Voice of Christ last weekend and I share it with you today. May we be known as Christ's disciples by our love and unity. Amen? Amen. That was a pre-sermon sermon. sermon. (laughs) So it was really difficult for me to not be here last week, knowing the vision of the pastors and deacons that Pastor Joseph would share with you. But perhaps it was fitting that the Lord called me over to our sister church, Because this church isn't about me as a person, it's about us as a people bound together in the unity of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ our Lord. If you weren't here last week, please go to the website or wherever you prefer to listen to the podcast and listen to Pastor Joseph's sermon. It was a really important one. It was about the vision God has placed in our hearts for how to handle difficult times as a church. This past week, Pastor Joseph told the church not to worry. It has been so difficult these past almost two years of the pandemic, but God has remained faithful. God will continue to remain faithful. Even when we are faithless, God remains faithful because that is who he is. He will be nothing else. So as Pastor Joseph shared last week, we as a church have been living on daily bread. Financially, we don't have stores of money, but as Emily right there would tell you, though we may not be a wealthy church by the world's accounting, we are a rich church amen because the lord our god who tells us not to worry is our provider because jesus christ walks among the lampstands because the very spirit of god has been poured out on this church so the church leadership the pastors and the deacons decided to confront the current temptation to worry about money prophetically rather than pragmatically we serve god not money. And we will not let it turn our eyes from the kingdom. We will not focus our attention on its acquisition. We will not be afraid. Instead, we as a church, like the widow with her two pennies, are going to open our hands to share what God has given us and give him our trust. So with all of that in mind, I want us to look at one of the prophets today. In particular, The prophet Elijah. Let's read from 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 1 through 16. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishba in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east uh, east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and, went, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow is there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hands. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat And die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord the God of Israel the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And as she went and did as Elijah said, And she said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Let's pray. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your word says that these are the last days when you have poured out your spirit on the church, on the young and the old, on sons and on daughters, that we might prophesy. Your word also says that the power of darkness in this world has been and will be overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony of your saints. So Lord, as the pressures of this present darkness press in, strengthen us to stand by the might of your Holy Spirit to be a prophetic witness. And Lord, let the light of Christ shine through resurrection assembly like a city on a hill, that those who are weary and heavy laden would come to you and find their rest. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Church, today I want to focus on the story of the prophet and of the widow, but we cannot understand the depth of these stories, of this story, outside of the greater context. This story takes place when Israel is under the wicked rule of King Ahab, who had done more evil in the sight of the Lord than all who had come before him. And though Ahab was faithless, God remained faithful to the covenant he made with Israel, which meant, in this instance, that God was faithful in his discipline. That Israel might turn from the ways of death and look to the God of life. So for years, there had been a drought. But even in this drought, God provided for his prophet Elijah. Now I wanna take a minute to think about the prophet Elijah. Elijah pleads with the people of Israel to turn from idolatry and sin and serve God only. Elijah is the prophet that doesn't even taste death. Instead, he's caught up in a whirlwind and taken directly to God. Elijah was incredibly important. John the Baptist was a prophet in the same spirit as Elijah, according to the Gospel of Luke. We even see Elijah standing with Jesus in the Transfiguration. This is the same Elijah that we're talking about here at the beginning of the chapter 17 of 1 Kings. And Elijah the prophet was called by God to speak truth to power the truth of God, which is like salt. It stings while it cleanses a wound. Elijah was called by God to speak the truth of the coming drought to the wicked king Ahab. Not just the truth of what would happen, but also the truth that God was remaining faithful to the covenant, even though Israel was not. And prophesying drought means prophesying famine, because crops don't grow where there is no rain. And livestock won't survive without food and water. Neither will a people. But God is faithful, and God provided for his prophet. We see at the opening of the story that God commanded the ravens to bring food to Elijah as he hid near the brook. Church, the way of the prophets is not easy. Elijah, in his hunger and in his thirst, was reminded of his weakness, but the faithful God of all creation was his strength. Elijah didn't need to worry because those same birds that Pastor Joseph spoke about last week, that neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, were sent by God to provide the prophet each day with daily bread and meat. Many of us here, are weary many are weak the past few years have been like a drought we cannot be sure of much but we can be certain that God remains faithful eventually in that dry time even the brook dried up And God spoke to Elijah, arise and go to Zarephath, dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow to feed you. Elijah goes and he finds the widow, destitute and starving. She only has enough flour and oil to make a small cake for herself and her son. And she assumes that not long after they eat it, they will die. This is a desperate situation the desperate situation of this widow. She's not exaggerating their hunger or their lack of resources. This is the very last food she has, and now even the little she has, God commands her to share with the prophet. By every pragmatic reason, she should not share what she has, nor should she be expected to. Yet, the Lord commands her, And so she does it. Church, this is the lie of scarcity, that by every worldly sense seems reasonable. When there is not much to have, the lie tells us I'd best keep it for myself and my family. I have a responsibility, in fact, not to share with my neighbor while my family faces famine but scarcity is a construct of this present darkness. We stand with the prophets and with the widows because we know that unlike the world outside, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And when we prophetically practice generosity, hospitality, and concern for our neighbor, the Lord provides, the Lord multiplies, and the Lord sustains. See, when this widow, who was preparing the last morsel of food for herself and her child, who was prepared to die, practiced hospitality in her poverty, despite the scarcity plaguing their entire society, that flower kept coming, the oil kept flowing, and God sustained all three of them. Church, to grasp on to the very last straws of what we have is to forget the faithfulness of God. Sure, we feed our families. The widow made cakes a little smaller than she had expected, to be sure. To be sure that each had some. And in the sharing of her resources, none were found in need. Like the church in the beginning of Acts, church like the widow's hospitality, her offering to the prophet, her obedience to God and his miraculous provision is not some quaint story that we tell ourselves in our poverty. In fact, this is an offensive story to tell ourselves in our poverty if we look with worldly eyes. This is the antithesis of the transactional way of the American people and the world more broadly. There is a deep-rooted belief in this society that what I have is mine and gifts are only to be given with an expectation of reciprocity. The times I've heard people say or seen people post on social media that you have to cut the people out of your life who are doing nothing for you is immeasurable. But listen to me, church. We are not called to be pragmatic or transactional. We do not make accounts with a worldly ledger. We are called to be like prophets and widows. We are called to share what we have in our wealth and in our poverty. To those we love and even to our enemies. Even as we face drought, even as we face hunger, even as we stare death in the face. The widow obeyed God, and death lost its sting. The grave lost its victory. See, church, the widow with two pennies rejected those false claims that money had made on her life, and the widow at Zarephath rejected the false claims that death had made on hers. The Lord sustained them. The Lord provided in that time of drought and famine. Neither the widow or the prophet were living a life of comfortable abundance, though. God gave them each day their daily bread, and even though it was not much, the display of the faithfulness of God, tangibly present day in and day out, until he sent rain on the earth again, was all the comfort they needed some of us are facing a bleak landscape. Whether it be actual hunger and thirst, or illness, or housing insecurity, or just the constant stress of the weight of these past few years of a pandemic, we may feel as though we aren't sure if we can make it financially, physically, or emotionally. But let me tell you, God sustains the widows and the prophets alike. If you feel like you can't make it, he will give you the flour you need to keep going in these difficult times. He will give you oil to give you the grace and strength to wait out the drought and see the glorious, life-giving rain once again. Because this too shall pass. So, if you are struggling today, trust God like the widow. Obey his voice. Share what you can. Be like the prophet and speak the truth of God, even when it's hard. And as you pray for the rain to come, that healing rain of heaven You can be confident that God will sustain you. Church, like I said, this is more than a quaint story we tell ourselves. God still provides for widows today. Like Mary, that Pastor Joseph mentioned last week. There's another story of a widow. Some of you knew her. She's among the cloud of witnesses of the members of this local church who passed on before us and who cheers us on as we run the good race. I'm taking a moment to talk about my grandma. Her name was Beulah Hooten. She wasn't just my grandma. She was also Jesse and Andy and Stephen's grandma. Some of you in this room were raised with her teaching in this church. I know that I'm only here in this pulpit today because she petitioned to God that he would call some of her children and grandchildren to be ministers of the gospel. She was the type of widow who always had a spare slice of watermelon for somebody or a Cherry Luden's cough drop, always paired with a word of encouragement in the name of the Lord. She told me once of a particularly cold winter in Iowa. She had very little coal left to keep the furnace going, not even enough for a day, but for a solid week, if I remember correctly, she would scoop some coal out to keep the fire going and miraculously, like the jar of oil and flour, the coal never seemed to diminish. She kept scooping coals on the fire, and the Lord multiplied the little she had in her time of need. She had faith that he would provide, and God sustained her in the difficult times. Church, I say that because God cares about widows, and God cares about prophets. God is faithful even when we are faithful. Faithless and the small acts of those who trust in the name of the Lord their God, the testimonies of his saints by the blood of the Lamb are a light stronger than the darkest night or the coldest winter can produce. Widows and prophets, God cares for them both. And God cares about this church and God cares about you. As I said before, This church, situated in the context of our world today, just like Elijah and the widow were in theirs, is facing the same pandemic, is facing the same uncertainty that all of the world is facing right now. But we are choosing to approach that uncertainty prophetically rather than pragmatically. Because we can say as a church that we are not wealthy, but we have heard the words of the prophets. We hear the call of God to share what we have. We hear the word of Elijah, do not fear. The flour and the oil won't be spent. We hear the promise that even in the drought, God will sustain us. So church, prophetically, when you feel like everything is death and drought and hunger around you, stand with the widow, stare death and money and debt and all the powers of darkness which make claims on our lives, right in the eye and declare in an even louder voice that Jesus Christ is Lord, Lord of all. God is our provider. No power or scheme of the enemy holds claim on our lives or the life of this church because the spirit has been poured out and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Church, though I couldn't be here to declare it last week with everyone else, right now, even though it feels like we're living in a world of drought, in a land of death, I am also not worried because there is no power greater than God. And as we are faithful, to obey the words of the prophets. Even when we are weak, then we are strong. For the joy of the Lord, the Almighty, is our strength. Though we are poor, we can count ourselves rich because the Lord of all creation will send the ravens to feed us. Though we face death, we proclaim life because Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead and he is coming again to speak life to his church. So whether it be in the corporate instance of this church or in your home where it seems nobody sees, remember that as you face troubles or hardships or trials or temptations, God cares for the prophet and the widow. And as they shared the good gifts they had, whether it was the word of God on their lips or a small cake, God sustained them by his bountiful spirit. And God will sustain us, church. And God will sustain you. Bio, if you could come back up. In closing, I want to say, fear not, church. Practice hospitality. Share what you have. Care for each other. God is with you. His rod and his staff will guide you. I invite you now to stand as we prepare for this meal. Let us